Ladies and gentlemen, 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for The Other Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue here, the other guy on The Other Podcast, and live and direct from exotic Valdosta, Georgia. How are you doing tonight, Diana? I am good. Well, it's good to have uh, Diana uh Dealey joining us from Valdosta, but uh, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hoguash.com. Stacy has been known to blog at the other com and at other fine spots around the interwebs. And Diana blogs at dealyadvantage.com. Advancement. Advancement. And, excuse me. Advancement.com. <laughs> and we are going to get to one of her blog posts later in the program this evening. Well, what, what's the weather down there in uh, uh, the deep south, like it's gorgeous and cold. <laughs> gorgeous but cold, huh? Yeah, yeah. What, Just an what absolutely beautiful cold? day. Uh, well, it got down to thir- it was thirty-seven when I got up this morning. Uh-huh. Which um, I'm from California, and I know. Shut up, California girl. There are people dealing with the deep freeze, but. <laughs> Well, you don't have to go. You don't have to go far east from where you were in California to find uh, much colder than thirty-seven on a February morning. Definitely, well, had, definitely. Yeah, you had some excitement last weekend. There, you were uh, asking about the. Uh, you were. I, I remember when we were on the uh, podcast yeah. last week. You were asking what that massive rollout of uh, uh, um, first responders was about. Yeah. Well, now we know. Oh. Uh, A Brooks County man was arrested Saturday, and that's last Saturday, after an armed robbery and a standoff at a Valdosta store. At 4.45 a.m., Valdosta police headed to a store in the 2200 block of North Ashley Street. Is that anywhere near you? Uh, It is, but not that close. Okay. Close enough to hear the sirens. Well, uh, well a they rolled past me. <laughs> a 911 caller said the store had been robbed. Officers were told a man entered the store, produced a handgun, threatened employees, and left the store with an undisclosed amount of money. While searching the area, detectives found the suspect hiding in bushes behind the store <sighs> with a handgun. The area was blocked off, and detectives spent an hour talking with the man. The suspect was taken into custody without incident. Uh, Officers recovered the money taken from the store, plus a handgun. The suspect, described as a 36-year-old Quitman man, uh, 
Uh -huh. is charged with felony armed robbery, two counts of felony aggravated assault, two counts of felony terroristic no. threat, felony possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony, and misdemeanor obstruction of an officer. So, Well, that's close to the, so, the, the resisting arrest tag, so, so you, we'll take you, it. You've you, you got too much excitement down there. And, uh, I mean, Lately. Valdosta Lately, is turning into Philadelphia South or something. Uh, I hope not. No, it's not quite that bad, but <laughs> we have not had a good couple of years here. I don't know. But why the guy? Why, well, okay. I can understand why it would. Equipment kind of rolls up at sidewalks at like five o'clock at night. So right. if you're going to so, come rob someplace, I guess you've got to come here. <laughs> so, so, so compared to. Uh, Compared to Quitman, Valdosta is a, uh, a, a thriving place. metropolis. A bustling hub of commerce. All right, then. Well, <laughs> yeah, well you've even got a college there. Uh, and college football is uh, one of Stacy's great loves. Oh, and we are going to talk is. about that. Yeah, so this is the last week for a while we get to talk <laughs> about football. Uh, I had a post this week that uh, got a lot of attention called, Why? Nick Sirianni cried. Uh, many people have commented on Philadelphia Eagles coach Nick Sirianni, who broke down in tears during the playing of the Star Spangled Banner before Sunday's Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Some interpreted Sirianni's tear as evidence of his heartfelt patriotism, whereas I know what he was really crying about. <laughs> No more football until September. Once the Super Bowl is over, we have to wait nearly seven months before there's another football game. And even then, the early games are usually lame, especially in college football. Alabama kicks off its season September 2nd against Middle Tennessee State University, which isn't a real team. Well, yes. On the other <laughs> hand, Middle Tennessee State Teachers College uh, uh, did have a football team when my mother was there, and she was homecoming queen in 1936. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so, anyways, yeah. But MTSU is not not really you know quality football. And anyways, they don't no. finalize the NFL schedule until spring. But in the meantime. Pro football fans will have to endure weeks of blah, blah, blah from the pundits and commentators with their mock draft scenarios and their wild speculations about possible trades and free agent signings, which is just annoying. Fans mm -hmm. don't want to hear a bunch of talk about football. We want to actually watch football. <laughs> From September through January, there's football every weekend. Basically, 20 weeks of it, including the college bowl games and the NFL playoffs. Fans develop a habit, a circadian rhythm of weekly football watching. College football games Saturday, pro games Sunday, then Monday night football and Thursday night football. And let me tell you, Life is tough on Tuesday and Wednesday nights with no football to watch. You basically organize your life around watching football during the season until January arrives, and you become conscious that you're slowly running out of games. The first week of the playoffs is all right. Six wildcard games to watch, 
But then you get to the divisional round, and there are only four games. The week after that, the conference championships, only two games. And then finally, the Super Bowl, which is like Christmas, the 4th of July, Mardi Gras and Halloween all rolled into one giant football holiday. And you, know, and you know what's going to drive you nuts this next coming fall? There's going to be competition because we're going to be uh, only a year away from uh, the presidential election. And people are going to have started their campaigns trying to get ready for Iowa and New Hampshire already. <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I need something to concentrate my attention on my my overactive imagination requires something for me to focus on, okay, to keep myself from driving myself crazy. So, uh, so we know why Nick Sirianni was crying. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, besides the fact that Jalen Hurts fumbled for no reason at all. Did he, am I the only one who watched the Super Bowl here? Did, I'm did, afraid you may have yeah. been. Anyways, but I, it, it, that fumble just made no sense at all. It was like there was no, I, I mean, there was nothing that forced the fumble. He just <laughs> dropped the ball and a, a Chiefs player scooped it up and ran for a touchdown. They were leading by a touchdown and suddenly the game's tied. They were leading by a touchdown and had the ball and just – you know, just gave up a touchdown and it, anyways. But, well, we've got seven more months to think about it. So. <laughs> meanwhile. Meanwhile. Why do you think that Nick Sirianni's real first name isn't I, Nick? It's probably something like Nicholas. I, I, I'll, I'll look bet? it up while you go. Well, no, but, I mean, they, they, using the right name is important now, apparently. <sighs> um, Jim Preacher's got a – it's a pseudonym, by the way. Uh, used by Sean uh, Medlock, and his real f uh, full name is Robert Sean Medlock. Mm -hmm. And like many people, he goes by his middle name, and he has a post-up about middle names that I've linked to. Mm -hmm. um, he, he says, so now every time I need to fill out paperwork somewhere, I have to explain that I go by my middle name, doctors, dentists, car repairs, insurance, what have you. The routine is kind of annoying, mm -hmm. but... At this point, I'm used to it. I'm not deceiving anybody by using my middle name. It's just my name, man. Mm -hmm. Lots of people go by their middle name. Now, yes, I sympathize. I, I sympathize because my full name is William John Joseph Hogue, and I go by my first middle name, uh, <laughs> John, uh, socially anyway. Uh, professionally, I often use my initials WJJ Hogue. But that's not what... Uh, Jim Sean and I were actually wanting to talk to folks about that day. Uh, we were here to uh, comment on the non-event of the 2024 presidential campaign. Uh, the way he put it is, this week, Nikki Haley announced she's running for president. I don't know if she has a shot, but Lib seemed to think uh, so. They're already attacking her for going by her middle name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. It's uh, on her some, birth certificate. What do they want? <laughs> some, some, some pundits are trying to make a big deal out of Nikki Haley uh, going by her middle name. And she has since she was a child. Her mm -hmm. immigrant parents named her 
Nimarata, Nikki, Rodlari. Yes. They called her. It's not that hard to say. Well, I'm just, the point is, they called her. Yeah, they called her Nikki from the beginning because in their native Punjabi, that means little one. We mm-hmm. call your baby little one. Yeah, that makes a, somewhat a sense. And sh- when she married Michael uh, Haley, she took his last name, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's, I guess that's suspicious now. But Pretty um, standard. Uh, uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't know if I'll wind up supporting her for the Republican nomination, but if I pick someone else, it won't be because of uh, her middle name <laughs> being uh, used. Uh, yeah. And by the way, Stacy. You're Robert Stacy McCain, aren't you? Uh, that is correct. Uh, you know, when I have to explain how uh, this is that, okay, Robert is a family name, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I have a cousin that I uh, you know, call my uncle, uh, mm-hmm. Uncle Bobby, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Robert Messer. Um, uh Bobby Messer and mm-hmm. uh, and because he went he was Bobby right they they named me Robert mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't want to call me Bobby because that would be confusing so so I went by my middle name Stacy which by the way was the name of my uh, family our family pediatrician Doctor Stacy Burnett he's a man. <laughs> It's a girl's name. Yeah, shut up. Anyways, <laughs> you um, heard enough of that, I'm sure. Uh, but, oh my God. Well, uh, you know, anyways, it, it but, has to but, do with how it's spelled, just like Francis. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back to the ranch. So, so yes. when I when I uh, began as a journalist, the name I used as a byline was R. Dot Stacy McCain, right? And I did that for a while until I was. Sp- sports editor at the Calhoun Times and people would call the office asking to speak to her okay. <laughs> and 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 so I it, that's when I started using my full name Robert Stacy McCain as my byline and sometimes people say oh these pretentious three name people it's just it's just that was necessary in other in, uh, to avoid uh, confusion. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Nikki Haley. So you, you, so not only if you had problems with it, you've been misgendered because I of have it. been misgendered. Oh, the trauma, the harm I endured, <laughs> the hate, the hate. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Who do I sue? Stacy? it could be worse. Speaking of sue. No, you, you sue. It could have been worse. Instead of working for the Washington Times, you could have wound up on CNN. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, yeah. So, uh, by the way, CNN has had, I don't know if this has been their worst week ever, but it's been a very bad week for them. What about the pedo, uh, the pedo, the pedo producer? Yeah, that was... yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to get there. Okay. Uh, Jake Tappers, executive producer, fired in the latest CNN sex scandal. I <laughs> illustrated this with a picture of uh, Jake Tapper. Uh, last fall, mm-hmm. um, showing um, um, showing Herschel Walker with the words "major scandal," right? Mm. Okay, so yeah, we know all about uh, scandals. Jake Tapper's executive producer Federico Quadrani 
was fired in early February for, quote, an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate. Okay. Well, um, this is not the first time this has happened because former CNN uh, President Jeff Zucker left the organization uh, a year ago uh, because he had an undisclosed consensual relationship with his closest colleague. And uh, as I mentioned in reporting this, Jeffrey Tubin <laughs> could not be reached for comment. And I think you know what that means. Oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's been busy. <laughs> uh... You know how Jeffrey Tubin stays busy. We do. <laughs> okay. But meanwhile, there were more bad headlines about CNN. Uh, <laughs> when Chris Cuomo went on a podcast and said uh, that he was so devastated after his firing that he was, quote, going to kill everybody and myself, oh. close quote. Uh, he was fired in um, uh, 2021, uh, uh, two years ago. Um, when it was revealed that he had been giving uh, advice uh, to his brother, Andrew Cuomo, Mm -hmm. the disgraced former governor of New York, who'd been accused of sexual harassment by a number of staffers. So notice this connection. So Cuomo was giving uh, scandal advice uh, to his uh, brother, the governor, uh, and, and then uh, he got fired. And um, Jeff Zucker was then forced to resign because Chris Cuomo was, quote, going to burn the place down, as um, a CNN <laughs> anchor <coughs> Brian oh. Stelter uh, said, by the way, Brian Stelter got Is fired. Still a potato. The, yeah, he got fired from the network in August. And so, uh, but as I pointed out, um, on his, um, um, on his, um, Reliable new sources. Podcast, oh. on, on his on Cuomo's new podcast, uh, he averages. Or I say a podcast. It's on the <laughs> News Nation Network, whatever that is. Uh, it may just be a website. Anyways, he averages sixty three thousand viewers a night, uh, and he's suing CNN for one hundred and twenty five million. So I, I, <laughs> this, um, um. This uh, I called up the uh, cable news ratings uh, for <laughs> Tuesday night, and uh, uh, and you can see that not only is in CNN in third place between you know Fox is the leader followed by MSNBC and then CNN is the third place network um, in every hour from five p.m. to midnight. Um, <laughs> The Fox News is between four and six times larger than the CNN audience. But that doesn't really convey the scope of how bad CNN's ratings actually are. Uh, I I called up some other uh, ratings information and found that the 11 a.m. show on the Nickelodeon Children's Network, which is... Paw Patrol, (laughs) 
okay, has higher ratings than at least two of CNN's primetime hours. Well, my oh standard my. line is SpongeBob has, does better. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, I mean, your kids watching Paw Patrol are, yes. are, 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 are you know, are, are a bigger audience than um, uh, Aaron Burnett in the nine o'clock primetime hour on CNN. And I said, well, wait a minute. You say what you want to about Paw Patrol, but they <laughs> never promoted Michael Avenatti or the <laughs> Russian collusion hoax. But anyway, they deserve to fail. Okay. And I'm cheering for uh, Chris Cuomo's um, uh, lawsuit. Uh, hopefully, it'll bankrupt the network and they'll go out of business. Yeah. I, well, I'm they need to leave a little for Kyle. Kyle Rittenhouse is also should also be suing them and get right, right. get something. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's some other stuff going on. I'm just looking at CNN's numbers, Oy. and 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 there are local television stations pulling more viewers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Well, I mean, you know, in a single market. Right, right, oh. right, right. It's uh, CNN is 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 become a bad joke, and but they continue making news. Not in a good way. And I this I, I just kept banging on this. And by the way, if they keep it up, I've told John is that next week when we talk about CNN, if we have an excuse, I, I want him to get the Paw Patrol theme music uh, for whenever we uh, have a soundbite, whenever we talk about CNN, we'll just play Paw Patrol theme. Um, but anyways... You don't, you, you, you don't want the... This is CNN. Yeah, 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 yeah. We want that, and then the Paw Patrol theme. We want those two sound bites back to back. Well, anyways, uh, because you don't watch CNN, and nobody watches CNN, you might not but be aware. But you did, and I want to thank you for, so that I didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, me too. You might not be aware that they employ a person named Don Lamont. But uh, you know, I did see a good uh, uh, meme, uh, a good meme that said, "When uh, the world gives you Lamans, make Lamon memes." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, Don Lamont is uh, what they did. It, he had been hosting a little watched. Uh, I think it was the ten o'clock hour of prime time. I forget what it was. It might have been eleven, ten, eleven. Anyways, nobody watched it, but. Uh, they shifted Don Lamont to their morning show, and this was their their new uh, boss's idea of what would uh, uh, save the network. But uh, <laughs> it's not going very well with Don Lamont in the morning. Uh, no. On uh, Thursday, uh, Don Lamont said that Nikki Haley, quote unquote, isn't in her prime mm. because she's fifty one years old. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to I, I want to talk about that after we get to uh, disposing of Mr. Lamont, but I because I do have uh, some analysis of his analysis. Well, anyways, Don Lamont uh, then wasn't uh, on the show on Friday morning, uh, so <laughs> and the ladies are quite smug, <laughs> having a late a long weekend, I, I, I think, but. <laughs> But the hole, as if the hole wasn't deep enough, CNN decided to keep digging. And I reproduce on the blog a screenshot of the headline in the New York Times. CNN's chairman rebukes Don Lamont over 
comments about women. And, and the subhead is Mr. Lemon's assertion that Nikki Haley was not in her prime had been widely viewed as sexist. And I'm like, right, right, right. It's widely viewed, you know, and, uh-huh. and the, the, the way they attribute there, that, that little weasel word language there, they never use that about Donald Trump. Well, know? widely, widely viewed in this case, I means uh, means by any sentient being with an IQ above root temperature. Anyways, and who isn't an absolute partisan. <laughs> anyway, somebody leaked, to see uh, to the New York Times a recording of the network's daily 9 a.m. editorial call, you know, which is their morning meeting, basically, which is done by phone, apparently. Anyways, uh, CNN's chairman opened his uh, opened the call by saying that the remarks by Mr. Lemon. Uh, had left him, quote, disappointed, quote, his remarks were upsetting, unacceptable and unfair to his co-hosts and ultimately a huge distraction to the great work of this organization, Mr. White said. So, And I'm like, yeah, the great work of this organization with ratings lower than Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Yeah. <clears throat> Paw Patrol. On the, on the other hand, uh, I yes, I think he was trying to uh, score some uh, points with uh, a, a certain a kind of person who does watch CNN. Oh, no. uh, by, by 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 you know by belittling an attractive Republican woman. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Nikki, Nikki, cheap. Nikki Haley is an, an attractive woman, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she is also a very accomplished woman. She has mm-hmm. been. A governor, uh, she has been an ambassador to the United Nations, uh, but she is past her prime. I think politically, in one respect, is she's pretty much an unreconstructed neocon, mm. and I don't think that's going to sell well. So she's not past her prime uh, uh, as a woman. She's not past her uh, prime as a politician, except that I think she isn't up. Uh, she needs to catch up on what the, the real world problems are and what their solutions might be. But other than that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sh- she is one of the uh, one of the stars of the Republican Party at the moment, and that's just the way it is. And I, there are a whole bunch of people who don't like it both ways. But we're going to have fun watching what happens over the next uh, yeah. year or and a half or so. Well, uh, I think I don't. I think she's probably going to end up dropping out pretty early. Um, she doesn't strike. She's going to. She's testing the waters, and if there isn't a whole lot of interest in her candidacy, I'm willing to bet she drops out pretty quickly. Yep, I think she's. I think. She, I think she is a smart enough politician to know that if she doesn't start uh, pulling in the cash that it takes to run the operation that yep. uh, she'll, she'll be gone uh, before 2020. Well, I think, I think the, um, um, on the other hand, she may catch fire. Well, I might. think that the, the, the question, you know, I, I mean, what we're looking at here, we're talking, it's, 
February, people. Okay. Yeah, let's I, not get. Why are we? Why? I mean, you know, if you if, if I can call recall this to your memory, Trump didn't come down the escalator until June. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> and so this business of of uh, you know as soon as the midterms over to immediately switch to presidential campaign mode <laughs> is insane. I, I it's just, also a great way of exhausting the public. <laughs> Yeah, it's also you. it's also a good way though of uh, establishing a following uh, that mm. you can then bring uh, to the campaign uh, uh, so by supporting the, uh, the the nominee of the party and guarantee a continuing uh, uh, place in the government. I mean, who knows? Mm. Maybe she's running for uh, vice president or secretary of state, or maybe even. Uh, Secretary of Transportation. What? Oh yeah. But, oh, oh, you're gonna go there. Oh, that. Well, she she'd be a better. She'd be better than who we've got right now. Well, if you if you if you look at the uh, DOT's uh, portfolio, it includes things like air traffic control mm -hmm. or regulation of railway safety. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, yeah. she she might just uh, be able to manage something. Yeah, like between that. the balloons and the train wrecks, you know, and the near, the, the way, dozens of near misses. Yeah, and uh, and, 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 and and the uh, computer crashes that caused uh, multiple days of flights being canceled around the holidays. Uh, what what could be going on? It's yeah. it, you know, it's it's well, but, he he's too busy uh, rooting out the lack of diversity in the. Uh, Construction, uh, construction industry, industry well, uh, and yes. trucking, and 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 and, and all those uh, racist overpasses, roads and overpasses. I, I, that one kills me. I just have no idea well, who the came well, up with that. Well, I, well, I don't know, but the person who designed it was a uh, a Democrat. Uh, the stuff that they're complaining about, it was designed by a Democrat. For the purpose that they're complaining about, so okay, <laughs> you know wow. there it is. Um, but uh, anyway, at least uh, we're not at war yet. Uh, well, we can work on that. Meanwhile, on our way to a war, we're going to need uh -huh. to buy plenty of ammunition, and that requires money. And the way we get money around here is by people paying attention to the yellow button. Ah, mm -hmm. uh -huh. we have reached the uh, shameless capitalism part of the podcast where I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column, the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, shekels, euros, yen, whatever currency you have, except Russian rubles. Uh, mm. PayPal will accept and you can uh, donate uh, to help support the blog, help support this podcast, and of course, help keep my wife happy because she likes it when I make money off this racket and mm. uh, keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Uh, yeah, well, there's a way to donate to hogwash.com you go into the sidebar there and right at the top of it there's an icon of tip jar click on that and you'll be taken to my paypal account 
or you can shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link in the sidebar to that. Or you can use the Amazon shopping links you'll find at Hogwash, or for that matter, the other McCain to support us. Uh, Amazon has this program called the Amazon Affiliates Program that'll, that uh, allows bloggers to have qualified links to Amazon when you do the shopping via those links. Uh, we get a small cut of the action. Something nice that Amazon does to support the blogosphere. Also, you can support uh, Hogwash with, with uh, and I'll even take gold imperial Russian rubles. You can find <laughs> the mailing address up in the uh, DMCA uh, contact uh, tab on the menu bar. However you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And uh, speaking of... Uh, money going around. Uh, oh, seems... by the way, by yes. the way, I, I, I want to uh, uh, go off schedule here to talk about, you were talking about the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, Nikki Haley's announcement. I was talking about, you know, it's too early. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about the t 2024 in February of 2023. And, no, and suddenly I, I, I made a connection. I said, it's like, it's like these political journalists have to have something to talk about, right? <laughs> kind of like the sports pundits who are sitting around talking about, you know, uh, the, by the way, the NFL draft isn't until April, mm -hmm. but oh, everybody's got their mock draft and they're talking, they're talking <laughs> about prospects. They've got to fill the air with something. Well, they could do basketball and hockey. Yeah, and that's what's going on with the. And, that's and what's going on with these political you got, you, people. You got spring you know, training and talking about yeah the the pitchers and catchers report next week. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, anyways, but that's in Florida. So anyways, but anyways, well, I I just had to I just had to say I don't like that. I just, well, oh, yeah, but the war blog the war bloggers have got have, have been busy for the uh, last year. Oh my god! And uh, you had your uh, post, even you had your Ukraine post this week. Yeah, it has been a while. It has mm -hmm. been a while. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it's been more than four months since I blogged about the war in Ukraine. So I mm -hmm. did a blog post. What's up in Ukraine lately? And what's up, of course, uh, right now, the main thing is that it appears that the Russians have uh, uh, launched their uh, long-awaited offensive. Uh, they, you know, they after they got uh, chased out of Kharkiv and uh, mm -hmm. Kherson, uh, the Russians uh, went about uh, grabbing up all the cannon fodder they can find on the streets and... Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, conscripting them into the army. And, and so we knew that uh, reserves were being called up and that sooner or later uh, that they were going to mount a new offensive. Well, it uh, 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 appears uh, that uh, part of what they're doing is that they are besieging the town of Bakhmut. Yep. Uh, I remember looking at Bakhmut on a map Back in the fall, it was, you know, and it was, uh, uh, and at that point, the Russians were about 30 miles east of it. Well, mm -hmm. uh, over the course of the past four months, they've uh, closed that gap and they've now uh, got Bakhmut uh, kind of in a, 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 a kind of in a pocket. 
Yeah, they, they've uh, kind of created a pocket around it. And uh, the question is whether uh, Ukraine is going to hold Bakhmut or retreat. And uh, by the way, the U.S. is advising them to abandon it, uh, uh, claiming that it is of no major strategic importance. I don't, I don't know that the people of Bakhmut may feel differently about it's that. It's Ukraine's but, territory. Ukraine right. could, gets to decide what they're going to do. Yeah, well, it's a meat grinder. Uh, yes. I mean, yes, it, is, it is. It, I mean, um, <laughs> the uh, Russians have been losing a lot of uh, uh, troops there, mm -hmm. and um, and there's a town to the south of there, and I've, I've forgotten the name of it, uh, where the Russians also launched an offensive and, and apparently just got shattered, lost about uh, yeah, they thirty tanks. Yeah, yeah. They well, what? <laughs> They yeah, bounced it, it, is they the best way to put yeah, it. They lost, uh, I think the count was between 30 and 36 uh, armored vehicles uh, destroyed or, or captured as a, a, a part of that failed offensive south of Bakhmut. But well, the, yeah, but what, what can happen that the Russians don't need is for mm -hmm. this to turn this, uh, this, uh, if the Ukrainians can hold out to the spring thaw and immobilize the Russians again. This turns into the, uh, to the 21st uh, century. Psalm, 19, Psalm yes, it, 1914. Yes. It's the battle of the Psalm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it, just, it's a, it's a meat grinder and it just destroys oh, yeah. more Russian uh, troops and materiel. Yeah. Well, it doesn't do Ukraine any favors either, but yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody wants to redo the psalm, okay? World War One was awful. Let's not redo it. Well, I, I didn't mention this in my post, but I'm seeing lots of uh, headlines about um, uh, the West is, uh, 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 you know, Ukraine's various allies are, are struggling mm -hmm. uh, to meet the demand for ammunition. Uh, and the, and that's artillery the, that ammunition. is the difference between the First World War and the Second World War on the one hand mm -hmm. and uh, what's going on now. In the First mm -hmm. World War and in the Second World War, the United States became the arsenal for democracy. We, uh, we out-industrial productioned the Germans mm -hmm. and the Japanese simultaneously uh, oh, yeah. in the Second World War. And uh, right now, we're using... Uh, artillery shells, for example, at roughly three times the rate we're producing it. We're yeah, producing which is shells. Kind of dumb. Well, you know, uh, and we're not ramping up production. Why? Because we're idiots. Well, Actually, I mean, I'm not I sure mean, I want to say this, and and and, and by the way, I, I'm not one of these. Uh, uh, I mean, some of these. Uh, uh, you know, there are some Republicans, but right now Democrats have learned to love war and I don't <laughs> like it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not one of these, you know, you know, ultra hot neocon types on, on this situation. But mm -hmm. um, I will say this is that uh, the military industrial co uh, complex has been very, very good to me. OK, <laughs> in other words, my father worked 37 years for uh, Lockheed Marietta 
Mm-hmm. And um, and so, uh, you know, I I know that those are good jobs. Jobs in the defense sector are very good jobs. They you know mm-hmm. pay a a, a uh, good wage. Right. And so but if you but you have to have uh, federal dollars to uh, fund the Army, the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines. And the Marines. And, and the, the Coast Marines. <laughs> and 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 you have to you have to pay people to produce the ordinance that they right. use and mm-hmm. you if you've spent the money on something else <laughs> right yeah, that, that's 1.7 yeah. trillion dollars we threw down the toilet well last but no year. this yeah. is no but the, the the question is this is this is it's guns and butter yep and that's you, that's that's what it's going to get down to. And mm-hmm. no, so, but all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is that the, the guns are butter. That is to say that jobs, manufacturing, uh, you know, for instance, right, but, expanding but, uh, production and our if I, arsenals. If I pay, but to pay people to make ammunition at uh, uh, one of the arsenals or one of the uh, companies that that makes that stuff, if you send that money to them, then you don't have it to send. Uh, to a diversity bureaucrat. Yeah, yeah. And, well, there are, and, the, and those diversity bureaucrats, they want their money. And they've just been. A, there's just been an executive order requiring all federal agencies to make sure they have them. Man. So the, you know that's that's why if that war is lost, it will be lost that way. Meanwhile, though, one of the members of NATO is Norway, and Norway. <laughs> Is, oh God! Norway is worried. <laughs> is Norway of, part of NATO? Yes, it's founding member. It's founding member. Oh, Sweden is not, however. No, but they're, they've well, it will membership. be. Uh, anyway, Norway, uh, which for it the is. moment is covered with vast swaths of whiteness, is worried about uh, research into the racism associated with white paint. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> There's a Nordic grant. White, really? There, there, there's a $1.2 million grant to the University <laughs> of Bergen for an investigation into, quote, how Norway made the world white, and quote, the, the, most, uh, uh, the, most, the most safe white dye is titanium mm-hmm. dioxide, and it was developed mm-hmm. by a pair of Norwegian chemists around 1910. There's also a sister grant of about uh, Two hundred and twenty-eight thousand bucks to uh, the Oslo National Academy of the Arts for a sister project, the materiality of white. And this study is designed to. This is a quote: highlight titanium dioxide's materiality and ubiquity, and to continue uh, to, con- to, to contribute, contribute to, to to the uh, critical thinking on the color of white and its mineral origin. And that, that, that has the purpose of answering the question, do we need the world to be more white? <sighs> now, look, I remember enough high school physics yeah. uh, and, and biology to know that the origin of the color white has nothing to do with minerals per se. Our sensation mm-hmm. of color has to do with uh, the spectrum of light coming into our eyes. And if it's a mm-hmm. broad spectrum, the, the three color channels in our eyes uh, cause us to uh, sense that, oh, look, that's white light. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, you know, we see other colors when part of the spectrum is missing, mm-hmm. right? If you take mm-hmm. away all the, the blues and greens, we think it's red. Mm-hmm. And, if you, uh, and different mixtures uh, give us different colors. 
Right. Um, and white pigment is used in every color other than fl flat black mm -hmm. to tone things down and mm -hmm. to change the balance of the, in, in the spectrum to, in the saturation. And also, and no let's not forget the most important thing about uh, uh, the about w the white pigment currently used. It's not white lead. Yes, uh, uh, and uh, in the first half of the twentieth century, mm -hmm. the uh, the lead poisoning caused by white paint just it d disappeared as titanium mm -hmm. dioxide uh, uh, went into use. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it's. I don't know. It's 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 just amazing to me that uh, the Norwegians are worried about this. But if the melanin wokeness, I the, mean, what would their ancestors say? Remember, Norway is where the, where the Vikings come from. Mm -hmm. Okay, this I, is I, not I, necessarily. I, I'm descended from uh, from Norse uh, who came to England and Scotland. In England, the case of England, uh, 1066, and about 150 years later to Scotland. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and but if the melanin deficient Norwegians need uh, w really need uh, the world to be uh, more white or less white, I suggest that they wait till after the spring thaw to before they make any <laughs> rash judgments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, whiteness, well, <laughs> uh, genetic determinism and all sorts yeah. of oh, God. Vince Dow. Uh, yeah. Vince Dow is a young Christian conservative college student in Florida, um, and uh, he got invited onto a panel discussion by Vice in which the subject was anti-Asian bias. I, I, without Dow is spelled D-A-O, and, mm -hmm. and I, he's some kind of Asian. I don't know. He may be. Is Dow I is that? Korean. You think I Korean? Think Korean, but well, I'm okay. not sure. it, it's a common Vietnamese surname. Okay, is, oh, yes. Vietnamese. Well, well, anyways, but but uh, the subject was anti-Asian bias and the quote-unquote model minority stereotype. So everybody else on the panel was some kind of woke leftist dressed <laughs> like slobs, and Dow shows up in a suit and tie and started dishing out hard truths. So video clips uh, uh, went viral uh, mm -hmm. this past week uh, and, and everybody was talking about and what he was saying, most of what he was saying, uh, he was talking about uh, problems like, uh, uh, you know, crime, uh, mm -hmm. school failure, uh, out of wedlock births and saying mm -hmm. that if you avoid certain behaviors, okay, you will not be poor. Well, this was the point. Uh, made famously by Charles Murray in his mm -hmm. 1984 book, Losing Ground. And I remember uh, George Will uh, turning this into a, a short list of things not to do. And you will, <laughs> it, the, you, there's a 97% chance that you will not be poor. Or okay. if you are poor, it will be because of something like a natural disaster destroying right. your Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I mean, you know, the, the I mean, avoiding long-term poverty, okay? Yeah. The, the, you know, it's, I mean, everybody has temporary uh, ups and downs. Well, and mm -hmm. the thing is that these are things that cause generational poverty. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And, the, and anyways, <laughs> and so, so there's nothing racist. Uh, it, everybody started freaking out. 
there's nothing racist about what he was saying. It was about no. behavior, not race. Yeah. yeah and, and if, if you and the thing is, is, you know, there is such a thing as poor white trash. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. You know, it's it. I, I mean. By the way, you you mentioned that, and I was thinking about it just today. I was I was uh, never mind what I was it got me on this uh, track, but I was <laughs> thinking about something. A friend of mine remarked um, uh, it, uh, from down home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I grew up in Douglas County, which suburb mm-hmm. of Atlanta, and you know, and just in a conversation, he just remarked, said, "You wouldn't believe some of the people we went to school with." Just 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 absolutely fell off, you know, um, you know what I'm saying? They're just absolute trash. Uh, yep. uh, you know, that, uh, you know, people, and, and you know, it was a, a, a respectably middle-class place. It was, you know, Douglas County compared to Cobb County, we were a little downscale. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, these were decent, you know, Church, you know, they were raised in decent middle class uh, suburban uh, mm-hmm. life, and and you know, and and some of some people just you know just just absolutely lost it, you know. They, mm-hmm. they because uh, and I was thinking of the, I was trying to explain, and I used it somewhere this week. The word degenerate, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the meaning of the word degenerate, and why why it's relevant to discussing. You know, well, part of the thing, and uh, uh, Thorsten Veblen uh, may have been the first to point this out, is that mm. the difference between the, the the aristocracy, the real, you know, landed wealth, and every you know the the real rich, okay, with in, inherited wealth, and um, the middle class is that. Uh, you can fall out of the middle class, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that the middle class is characterized, and this was part of the you know the sociology, you know, basic sociology learned is that middle class is is uh, uh, status anxiety. Oh, is yeah. it you know maintaining middle class status? It requires constant effort, mm-hmm. and and so so status anxiety is part of what they use like in advertising pitches, right? Keeping up the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, but, um, but yeah, the, the thing is, is that I don't believe in genetic determinism. Okay. No. I mean, on the one hand, the, as they used to say down home, blood will tell. Okay. <laughs> that, that, you know, over the course of time that you, you, you're either quality or you're not. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, but, it's up to you, right? You know, to, to in your choices, you know, to to you know to prove yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. and life is a contest; it's a competition. And if you don't make the effort, uh, or if you make the wrong choices, bad things can happen. And so, Boy, so so as I said, you know, uh, as an Appalachian American, am I doomed <laughs> to a life of moonshine, banjos, feuding, and incest? Must I become a hillbilly stereotype because it's programmed into my DNA? Of course not, you know. And 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 this idea that um, uh, that black people, urban you know, urban youth, urban youth, they they, they keep using that phrase that, that they have to, you know, that they can't help 
engaging in certain behaviors and that it's wrong to criticize the behaviors because that's racist. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm up in the hills surrounded by banjo-picking moonshine guzzlers, but yet <laughs> I'm not one of them, okay? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and, and until people, you know, it's about uh, what they have really, what liberalism has become is a series of excuses, an evasion mm-hmm. of personal responsibility. And, uh, you know, you know, my father uh, was raised in, in a, um, well, his father was an engineer who was a lock master of a, mm-hmm. A Corps of Engineers lockmaster on uh, TVA Dam, and mm-hmm. uh, this is actually before TVA, uh, <laughs> uh, but he was the lockman. Uh, uh, but uh, Dad uh, grew up on the farm there, uh, in uh, the family farm that was uh, on the uh, next to the river, and he was uh, he was making a bunch of bad choices, oh. and then one summer day when he was sixteen years old. And hoeing corn, he realized that was all the future he had unless he started making better choices. He graduated from law school when he was 22. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's something, about, some there's something about the uh, experience of, of, of labor in your youth that, that uh, tends to make you think, well, you know, school's not so bad. I remember one summer <laughs> I was working, I was working, uh, you know, when I, I left school uh, at you know, I, I dropped out at 19 and I was uh, working in a uh, discount store, uh, stocking shelves and, it, you know, and it was back to school time. And so I had to mm-hmm. carry out these you know pallets of uh, uh, binder paper and stock the mm-hmm. shelves. And I'm doing that and I'm thinking, you know, this is, you know, <laughs> this might not be much of a future. And so I ended up going back to college. Well, yeah, and, and 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 the kind of work that you and I have wound up doing is probably uh, easier than uh, what you did uh, stocking shelves or what I did working on an assembly line. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 point is is that one of the other ways that people try to make their lives easier is by developing grifts that allow them to sell uh, uh, the the line of goods that uh, are leading people to these stupid decisions. Oh. And, yeah. Uh, and one of the w- ways that uh, th- that Diana provides a, a service to the community is kind of sniffing out these grifters. And I am actually quite, it's, you know, I, I really, okay, the, I, a couple weeks ago I had a lovely assignment, um, mostly because it's, it's a beautiful illustration. Um, the organization I was asked to look at was not listed on Charity Navigator. Now, I hear this all the time. Well, you know, why should somebody give, pay you $125 to look at a, a dollars to look at an organization? And I said, they can go on Charity Navigator for free. And my response is, uh, yeah, well, uh, what if they're not rated by Charity Navigator? Because a lot aren't. Uh, Charity Navigator rates you if you follow their process. You have to submit a lot of documentation. Um, a lot of Little organizations don't have the time or the spoons, frankly, uh, the organizational spoons to do that. So they're not rated. And in some cases, they're not even listed. So anyway, uh, I get a call and I'm asked to look at an organization and I go and I look it up. I look on Charity Navigator. They're flat, not there. Okay, that's unusual. Um, 
I type their name into the IRS Select Check and they do come up. They've been in existence since the 80s. Um, they went through a bad patch about a decade ago. Um, they lost their tax exempt status for about a year, but they did get it back. Um, I, you know, I'm following all this through. Um, and currently their, their revenues are way down, but um, they're current with the state, with their state. Um, and uh, their web, they have a clean website. Um, their donation platform is secure. I don't see any red flags. Um, but I do, I suggested to the donor that they um, ask for a couple explanations. Um, you know, um, what are your, what's up with your current finances? And what is this, how, what happened 10 years ago, a bit more than that now, that you lost your exempt status? Well, my donor goes and talks to the executive director of this organization who is flat out astonished. He did not know, um, he, this is a new hire. Um, he did not know about the, uh, about the uh, they're, they're losing their exemption a decade ago. Um, having been brought into, you know, hey, we're, we've kind of, we've, our, our donor base has fallen off, our board has gotten smaller. We need to, if we're going to go on, we need to revitalize and ramp up. So they hired a new executive director. But he was really flat out astonished that they weren't on Charity Navigator. I felt like I should say, well, okay, you can, guys can pay me too. <laughs> but I didn't. Um, anyway, but here's the thing. Before you give your money to somebody, before you start talking them up, before you start, um, before you put your reputation on the line, have somebody like me, and I do want you to come to me first, uh, <laughs> do the due diligence for you. Have somebody do run up a report. Um, they're limited to the, everybody's limited to the same public information, but not everybody knows where to look for it. I do. So, Come and talk to me. I can keep you from embarrassment and from throwing your money away. Indeed. Uh, by the way, I just uh, logged on to Charity Navigator, and would you believe that Justice for Music Project is not rated? <laughs> they wouldn't go through the process. But if you look at their 990, I did. No. I one time showed their expense page to a to a couple of other nonprofit friends. They mm. burst in out laughing. Oh yeah, it's 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 amazing. <laughs> By the way, I have all the I have all their nine nineties, uh, and uh, uh, you, but yeah. I, I, except the ones that uh, the IRS has not posted yet. So, well, uh, they they had they they are slow walking uh, posting nine nineties from twenty twenty and twenty 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 one and twenty twenty two hasn't been in hasn't been posted hasn't even been submitted yet. So yeah. We're not going to see that for a while. For a while. So anyway, uh, that that's just it. But you know, it's it's interesting the way people uh, try to uh, get you to do things, to buy things, uh, uh, and. <laughs> I'm not making this up, you know. But there was a press release that came out over PR Newswire uh, on the 14th. Uh, <laughs> Pepsi and Peeps are going their partnership again and they're bringing out marshmallow flavored cola and oh. it's going to be available at retail for the first time ever so you can have i guess what we can call it a peepsy 
my goodness. Oh, that's my horrible. And, yeah. and, and that's just, that's crazy. Well, that's crazy, absolutely... pe crazy people are dangerous, Stacey. Uh, okay, yeah, well, uh, the, 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 yeah. Everything's All that crazy. sugar. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I uh, some of the people got problems worse than uh, sugar. You know, sugar. Yeah. Um, there was a shooting. Mm. Uh, there was a shooting at uh, Michigan State University, uh, in in which uh, the gunman killed three MSU students and wounded five others before committing suicide. Uh, it happened on Monday night. And, and as usual, uh, usual, they, you get a lot of people who, who get on social media and want to uh, uh, leap before looking. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, that they want to start guessing <laughs> what the, the motive is or stuff like that. You it, know, the 24 hour uh, waiting to comment rule just will save your butt every time. Every it's, time. It's like, it's like, it, you know, people, it's, you know, I know everybody wants to be first to make their little yeah. whatever their point is. And, you know, um, but, but generally it's best to wait. A little while because once they've named the suspect, you can't, you don't know anything about what might have motivated something until they've named the suspect. Okay. So until they've identified the suspect, just, you know, just wait. And, and the guy has a name that would uh, lead you to believe that he might be from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Dwayne McCray, 43 mm -hmm. years old. Uh, anyway, so I had to wait for the for them to identify him, and it, but it happened in a weird way. I you know I get up on Tuesday morning, and Fox News, uh, you know, playing on the uh, TV in my downstairs office, uh, Fox News uh, cuts to a uh, press conference where they're going to uh, update us on the crime, and it starts with Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer lecturing about the need to do something about gun violence. You know? uh. And 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 I and it, it went on and it was 20 minutes before the cops uh, finally got around to identifying the gunman, 43-year-old Anthony Dwayne McCrae. And but by the time they did that, I figured out that uh, that the shooter probably wasn't a Trump voter, if you know what I mean, and I think you do, because whenever liberals are downplaying the identity of the shooter and his motive in such a situation, intelligent people can usually guess why they're mm -hmm. doing this. But it turns out there was a little more to this. Um, McRae oh. had been arrested in Lansing and charged in June 2019 with carrying a concealed pistol without a concealed carry permit. Mm -hmm. um, the initial charge uh, carried a potential penalty of five years in prison. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, they allowed him to plead down to a misdemeanor. <sighs> and so he, all he had to do was serve 12 months probation. Uh, and, uh, by the way, he had mental health problems, um, mm. um, but, but the, the point is that Democrats, um, 
are unwilling. They're always calling for new gun control laws, but they're unwilling to enforce existing laws. And with mental health issues, this guy, as a crazy person, was a prohibited possessor of a firearm. Right. And as I, I have said it over and over again, crazy people, people are, dangerous. are dangerous. Yep. And uh, 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 speaking of danger, uh, we shall be back next Saturday night at the usual time, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, uh, Meanwhile, so, you can catch us on the replays on uh, yes, Podbean. We, we're, we're available uh, on all your software. Thank you for joining us, Diana. I'm always happy to do so. We'll see we'll, ya. We'll see you both next week. Good night, Diana. Right. Good night, Stacy. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.